Have you ever been turned away from a Popeye's drive-thru at 3am for arriving on foot and demanding one singular biscuit? Me either. But someone has. We're here to talk about the hilarious, horrifying, and sometimes downright crazy things that keep us up at night. From breaking news to dating mishaps, we've all had a dilemma after dark. And let's face it, some stories just can't wait till morning. I'm your host, Kristen Torello, and this is You Up. Um, On today's podcast, we have Mike Pagano. He is a comedian, actor, and a writer. Uh, Did I miss any? You can sing, No, that's enough. I can can sing a karaoke (laughs) after a couple drinks. Sure. So you started stand-up really young, I feel like. How how old were you when you first started? 16 or 15. Where did you start? Was it like local? Uh, First place was Governor's uh, Comedy Club. The first thing we did was... Because I was used to doing sketches, you know, we were oh, doing like our, our own shows before the stand-up sh- stuff happened. So the first mm-hmm. thing we did was a sketch with me and my friend. So I just didn't know that th- that was something weird to do. We just yeah, our stand-up set was us doing a sketch. Was that the hip hop priest? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just watched that last night. Oh, awesome! Thanks. Yeah, it kind of was nice because we I was terrified. And my friend was terrified, so at least we got to do it together. If the ship goes down, we're <laughs> yeah. going down with each other. <laughs> yeah, or at least use him as a flotation device. <laughs> exactly. It's very peculiar because, like, acting, you're either good or you're bad. With singing, you either can sing or you can't yeah, sing. It's true. Comedy is so subjective, I feel like. It totally is. It's very complicated to get up on a stage and be like, I am now going to make you laugh. It's like a challenge. Like, what can I do to make you just have this emotive experience? Yeah, no, I like the the challenge. That's why I think like I'll purposely pick topics that are I know are difficult. Because I think at this point, like I know what to do to make you laugh. But if we could, yeah, cha- the challenge is the more fun part. You know, dig yourself yeah. into a grave and see if you could get out of it, <laughs> and see if you can get out of it. Yeah. Do and if you don't, that's cool. Because I think I told you like three weeks ago. Do you have a you up story? Well, I got one that's kind of in two parts, if this makes sense. Because I was working, I was bartending, and it was really, really late. And my mm-hmm. you up thing was, I was, so this guy comes in, and he's like really, really sketchy. I mean, more sketchier than the people I'm already dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> and the bar was empty, and he's there. And he starts talking about how uh, like Italians should be shot and everything. Like, it gets, it starts, he's just trying, you know. When you're when you're working at a bar, you hear the news all day, it's all on the TV, you know. So there's always something about some crazy guy shooting places up, and it's getting yeah. late, and he's not leaving. Like I'm saying, I'm, I'm wrapping it up, I'm turning off the TVs. So now I text my the owner, and I'm like, "Are you up?" And t- <laughs> nothing. He didn't. No response. I'm like, oh, God, "Okay, I think like, I really can't deal with this." And every time I tell him I have to like we have to leave, he starts speaking even louder and louder about how people should get shot and stuff like that. And he's, and he's just it's not, not stopping. And you're like, I'm, I'm about to be still texting the guy. I keep still texting the owner, like, wake up, wake up. I finally, it's the only time I ever called the police out of three years of working at a bar. I was just so like creeped out because he just kept staring at me. Yeah. If somebody walks in alone at night, possibly drunk, talking about shooting people, I think, 
I think that's a qualifier for calling the cops. I think so. I, th- I think so. I, I, I agree. Then finally, the, the owner wakes up and picks me up, and I explain to him because he's like, Why is there police here? I was like, Well, if you were up, I, a crazy guy who apparently has a, a little soft spot for hating Italians. Cut the part two of the story is he shows up like a month later again, oh but this time I'm with a, a dude I work with, and that guy comes in and sits next to him. And I text Nick, I'm like, that's the motherfucker who I had to call the police on. Like, please don't leave. Yeah. Because again, now there's only three of us. And if he, Nick leaves, then we're by ourselves. Again. If I'm getting shot, so are you. Yeah, come on, Nick. We're all going down together. We're all together. <laughs> and he goes, I don't worry, I got you. So he, finally, he gets the guy to open up. And the guy has like a bunch of problems in his life and all this stuff. And we're like, all right. And it's snowing outside. So I'm like, Nick, uh, can you give me a ride home? Nick not only offers to give me a ride home. He offers to give that guy a ride home too. <laughs> oh no! So and I'm like, "Why are we?" He goes, "Don't worry about it. I got this." So I'm, so I'm sitting in the. I'm sitting. In, I was gonna say shotgun, but I don't even want to use that phrase with this dude. I'm, I'm sitting. <laughs> I'm sitting in the passenger seat. He's behind us, and he goes, "All right, uh, let's make a stop. Can you get?" He tells the guy because the guy's just so out of it and drunk. I guess he goes, "Go in the Seven Eleven, get Mike and I, you know, some beer and get us some M and M's." And I'm thinking, like, I called the police on this guy. Now he's getting me M and M's. Like this is like what, this is weird. Then he forgets where he lives, so we're like driving around for a while. Finally, we get to his house. The guy goes in, closes the door, and goes, "See Mike." He goes, "He's like he always smokes a cigarette while he's driving." He goes, "There's nothing to be afraid of." And besides, if that guy ever comes back, now you know where the motherfucker lives. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> i love that you're like this is weird i'm gonna hop in and see what happens because i would have been the same way where i'm like for the story <laughs> that's exactly exactly how i live exactly yes if, for the story it's literally my life like this is a horrible idea let's do it because <laughs> that's it that's all you have at the end of the day is like life is just all these memories like it's just a bunch yeah. of stories So you went to some protests over the summer. Just one. Yeah. Yeah. I went to one. I was itching to go to one of those. You know, I just had to. I felt so guilty. (laughs) Like I didn't know, like a lot of people, I just didn't know what the hell to do. I wish I had gone this time around because I was around someone. Um, My partner at the time was very like high risk in terms of contracting COVID. So that's that's the thing, right? Yeah. Because there's this massive social justice uprising in the middle of a global pandemic yes it's, it's um, like what the hell <laughs> it was just it's like just threw everything do, at us can we do one at a time like <laughs> yeah i don't you know this is a cocktail of chaos like can we just do a mm-hmm. shot this is just just one thing at a time <laughs> yeah. here guys but i'm glad i did i just i think it's, i don't know i'm not gonna tell anybody what to do but it's like I, it's almost like an the american energy. thing yeah the uh, at least once in your life you gotta try it at least once in your yeah. life you just because if the country is founded by a protest, if you th- right, I mean the whole the whole history of 100%. us is so it's like you got to do it at least once just to see what that feeling is like of a protest. Yeah, I think. it is. Um, it's like within the First Amendment, which came up in your set, was how they had a. This was a funny. Oh thing. God, yeah. They had yeah. a. Please explain to me what this free speech area was that you were directed to. Apparently, these things exist. How does that come up? You're like just walking and they're like no take your sign and uh yes. you can speak yes. that way yes they pointed it's, i really didn't like stretch 
or exaggerate that much in the, the stand-up thing. Like they said, all right, free speech area is here. Cause oh, we were going to a counter protest. So it was, oh, okay. so it was the police Trump thing. For some reason, those two things seem to go hand in hand. I was with my friend, we were in the car and I was like, did you Google what this is going to be? Cause I looked this up. It's supposed to be the largest gathering of like law enforcement in the country. <laughs> yeah. And we're, and we're going to this. And he's like, where, where is the thing? I was like, maybe it's over there where all the police helicopters are. Like that's where we're heading. Talk about being a minority. You know, like we were in their 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 world. And then we eventually saw some other people like us who were in that little square. It was like four cones with a little uh, rope, a little a little square of us, and then just tons of them in front of us. And then eventually oh this group called it, the Black, White, and Brown People United. So they're marching towards us, and we're like, oh, the cavalry is here. You know, there's there's our group. And then we marched with them. These are our people. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm getting nervous just thinking about it. It was just so much anxiety and chaos and like just fear. I never felt that much hate from a group. Like yeah. just just constant yelling and hate and and the thing that threw me off was like these people are older than us. Like these people raised mm-hmm. us. These people taught us in schools. These people are were our neighbors, you know? And now they're just projecting <laughs> anger and vomiting, you know, hatred. It got hijacked and became like this. So if you're against us, you're against America. And I'm like, mm, I don't, I don't think that's how it works. Like, yeah, that's a tale I as think, old as time. You know, that yeah, goes back that to was like your, the 50s um, and stuff like that. You know, I mean, yeah, if you don't like uh, it, if you're against us, you're a communist back then. Now it's different. You know, it's yeah. If you if you don't like it, get out of here. Like that justification doesn't work for anything. Like if you have a blender that's broken, it's not be like, I guess I'll just mix stuff in the microwave. Like, <laughs> exactly. like, <laughs> no, like, like I said, what the thing, like if something is in your house, isn't working, you fix it. You just don't leave the house, you know, just like, Oh, this toilet's not working. I'm going to sleep on my neighbor's lawn. It doesn't work like that. You, you got to call somebody a hundred percent, you know, with the change with this administration, they're like, I'm leaving the country. I had one guy dead ass. You're not on Twitter, right? No. He's going off. I can't believe Americans would do this to us. I am taking my family out of this country and we are moving to Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that people like that exist. I I know. It's entertainment. I was like, who's going to tell him? (laughs) I would just love, I just want to be there in Hawaii when he lands and realizes he's still in the same country. (laughs) To see his face drop. This is why I want to like petition to get you on Twitter because not like it's not so much even if you just sat in the sidecar of the motorcycle just watching the world crash around you, you don't need to be driving. Like no, I, I know I got to do it eventually. I know and same thing with Instagram. I got to do this soon. I know. But can you imagine him going to Hawaii and seeing the, the first thing he sees is the American flag at the airport? Like that's what he's going to see. <laughs> he's not going to see something else. The confusion. He would be like, "Oh, they must be our allies." <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so you and I both, not at the same time, but we both worked at Spencer Gifts, Spirit and Spencer's. Yeah, we both worked at Spirit and Spencer's probably around the same time, but we never like crossed paths, which is kind of the story for everything we've done, because we've had the same group of friends, but we didn't really hang out. We both went to the same school, <laughs> same neighborhood. We lived around the block from each yes. other. You literally lived at the end of my block. Yeah, because in elementary school, we had like the same bus stop. I don't know if you remember, but yeah. No, 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 I do. I think we've just been like rotating around, like the sun, like we just rotate around each other, but never quite touch. I I think a group (laughs) of people can only handle one of us at a time. So when did you start? I started, 
I want to say 2010, I think I was 17. And they could, at the time, you could only have one 17, one person under 18 working there at the time. They called me for an interview. When I got there, the guy wasn't even aware that I had been called for an interview. Uh, sounds about right. And I got, I got two questions. The first question was, do you drive? And we didn't go anywhere. This was like over the counter. It was like he was on one side of the counter. I was on the other. And he's like, um, do you have a car? I was like, yeah, I, I drove here. And he's like, okay, okay. Um, would you be offended if I was walking around with a blow-up doll? And I was like, absolutely not. That's why I'm here. <laughs> and he was like, okay, you start Monday. And I was like, this is the coolest interview ever. <laughs> It'll be great if the third question was, do you drive with a blow-up doll? Like just, just. <laughs> only if I want to be in the HOV lane. <laughs> and the best part was this was a week after he got arrested on the job because apparently like they literally pulled him out in handcuffs because he had been selling marijuana at, like out of the cash register. When he left, people still thought that was going on. And I didn't know anything about Drugs at the time. So, you know, I still don't really know the lingo, but they'd like come up and be like, do you have, do you have like a dime? And I'd be like, well, we have two nickels, like, <laughs> like completely going over. I was like, oh, do you need cha-? like, wait, we take dollars. I can give you change. Yeah, why are they all asking like, for I did- dimes? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are they asked? Like, I had no idea what they were talking about. Talk about weird job interviews. The one in Tennessee, I've worked at three. I worked at Roosevelt, Broadway, and then the one in Tennessee. It's all going well. And then towards the end, the last couple of the questions are like, all right, we have some weird questions we got to ask you. I was like, all right. I thought maybe it was about the products. And they go, do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> like, what does that have to do with anything? They said, we've had nine people quit due to poultrygeist-like activity. And we have the security cameras to show stuff, like stuff's flying everywhere. And the mall is built next to the Civil War, a Civil War battleground. The mall itself is built on the grounds of like an old hospital that would treat the soldiers at that time. So people are seeing like Civil War ghosts and shit. And they're like, yeah, we don't want, nobody here wants to close because, you know, they're all creeped out. I was like, oh, I'll do it. I want to see some shit. Like, uh, yes. <laughs> that would be me too. Then that same store, there was a Klan rally. Oh, so they were warning us about what's, what to do if this happens, if they come in, if they try to start. Two of like the guys in the store like had weapons on them that day, but they were protesting in the same square where the mall was, so there was a chance that they were just going to come in. Only two guys just walked in, and you could, it's obvious that it's them. So I went up and I was like, I was recommending, you know, do you want the Bob Marley shirt? And they're like, no. I was like, you want the Jimi Hendrix shirt? They're like, no. Tupac, you know, every <laughs> every black artist that we had, and that was kind of it. I, I was expecting some more crazy stuff to happen with the when the clan showed up that was it i was expecting more like crazier shit than just the clan showing up <laughs> yeah that's i know that's where my bar is at this moment that's, that's <laughs> where, where life has set me when i worked there um 50 shades of gray had just come out which was like the sexual awakening for like every white middle class housewife so these women would come in sometimes with their husbands or partners or whatever um and they wanted to go off things in the book so they were looking at like this extreme like we want the sex swing we want to be suspended or like have be like strapped down like looking for bed straps um, and I was like, did you guys even like agree on a safe word yet? Like, why don't we start small? Why don't we just start with a tickler? Like, <laughs> like, 
you have you have no idea what you're doing and they they immediately went to like the more hardcore stuff yeah because i've helped out a lot of old couples too the weirdest one was a couple uh the guy wanted me to be his wife's hall pass and i was like no no dude like i'm not no just yeah no i appreciate I don't care how much you pay me i'm not this isn't happening that's very creepy old dude i had one guy see i feel like your weird stories are safer i feel like mine were always like safety issues we had one guy come in um i don't know what like the like the real name is i think it was called like a super sucker yes yes, yeah so it's supposed to mimic getting a blowjob but you just buy it the guy buys it he comes back 10 minutes later with a Burger King bag. He's got the super sucker in the Burger King bag. And he goes, I'd like to return this. It broke. Why is it in a Burger King bag? <laughs> I don't know. But like, also, <laughs> why did it break within 10? Like, did you go to the car? Did you go to the bathroom? Were you in a dressing room? Like, sir, I wouldn't touch the bag. I, like, <laughs> I don't know what's going in there. Like, sure. Like, I don't know. Like, sir, that needs to be refrigerated. Like, <laughs> did you get ever get, um, I don't know why these always consistently kept happening to me. Did you have people pull up their shirt, um, to ask you what size their nipple piercings were? Uh, no, unfortunately I, I did not experience that. That was a common thing for you. Not just me. It happened to another associate, but twice. I don't know if they just felt comfortable or they think like, you're Spencer's, you've seen everything. <laughs> That's a great job description for Spencer's, we've seen everything. <laughs> we have seen everything. It's like clown town. Like every day you're going to come home with some sort of story. But I don't know why the things that were happening to me, well, I'm like, uh, ma'am, you, you can, can you please put your tit away? Like I can, I, I can tell you what size the piercing is. I like that you said, can you put your tit away? The other one, fine. You know, <laughs> yeah. just that one yeah. tit put that one yeah. tit yeah two is way too many too, in the workplace <laughs> too, too ridiculous <laughs> spirit was cool too um i feel like i have to keep explaining cuz i don't know i had a, i looked at the analytics there's one person in the uk and there was one person in sweden so it's a halloween store for that lone listener in sweden but i was like breaking up sword fights we could go forever with spirit stories this one has even nothing to do in the store but somebody took a shit in the dressing room yeah i've had yes that happened to you too is that a thing? That's happened. So you tell me yours. Um, luckily, I wasn't there to see it. All I knew is like, you know, security came because that's obviously, um, I don't know if it's a safety hazard or if to me, it feels like an assault. I don't know if it's an assault. <laughs> Somebody just straight up took a dump in the dressing room and then we had to have like a cleaning crew come in but I wasn't aware I just had heard mm -hmm. I was like why are we why do we have the store shut down like they had like tape around the dressing room like crime scene tape I had a guy once show up he was entering a Jesus Christ lookalike contest and like he was really hardcore about it he, he was in character the whole time and he needed a crown of thorns and we're like we don't sell a crown of thorns but we have barbed wire it's brown and it's in a circle so it looks just like the fucking crown of thorns. So I gave it to the guy and he goes, he puts it on. He goes, I am complete, my son. And he just stands there. <laughs> so cut to like 20 something minutes later. I tell our manager, I was like, hey, something weird happened. I, I helped out a Jesus lookalike today. And he goes, you mean mm -hmm. that guy? And the guy's still standing in the center of the store going like this. <laughs> and the other manager, she's like, sir, you have to leave. You have to leave, sir. And he's not, he's totally ignoring her. So I was like, I got this. It's like, Jesus? And he goes, yes, my son. I was like, you have to go. He goes, 
Okay. <laughs> Is it because nobody referred to him as Jesus that he didn't listen? Because they were calling him. So it's like, were, excuse me, no, you have I'm to Jesus. exclusively refer to me as the yeah. son of God or I'm so, not moving. <laughs> I have a very hard time watching comedies, like comedy movies, because like me too. It's and the same thing, like com like comics, comics know that like when you go to see like your friends perform or like if there's a lineup, you're not laughing with the audience. You just go, "That's a good joke." <laughs> yeah, you see <laughs> like, it differently. Yeah, yeah. So the same thing when I watch it, I'm like, I feel like like I know where it's going. So like a good comedy to me is like when I can't finish the joke. If I can finish the joke, it's not fun for me. It's like there's one of two ways this can go. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's almost like being a horror director and you go see a horror movie. You're going to know where the scares are, I guess, because you're used to doing yeah. it yourself. You're a fan of horror, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because to me, it's almost the same process of writing a joke. It's just set up, set up. Instead of a punchline, it's a scare. It's just you're leading them down the yeah. same exact way. And most comedy is about your fears. Yeah, that's my favorite genre. Yeah, like I like Wes Craven a lot because he got it. Like he was good at with putting his comedy into like Scream and Freddy Krueger and all that kind of stuff. You know, he could slip it in. And then you got some comedians who are just dark and go into some weird, scary places. I think that's good though because I watched some old ones. I don't know why. Like this past week, I was like just really into it again. Um, probably because I've been like writing and doing this podcast, whatever. Um, and I saw this one comedian again, I don't know why I'm on TikTok. I feel like I'm too old for it. Um, but I had never heard of it and I saw she had a Netflix special and I watched it and I was like, wow, like she's maybe like a year younger than me. And she, like, she was really good. I think her name's Taylor Tomlinson. I'd never heard of her yeah, before. Um, but it was like, it was smart. It was crisp. I really enjoyed it. And so I started like going back and I like how it's evolved now into the story. I mean, trust me, like, I still think like Rodney Dangerfield's like when he get uh, he was dark as fuck. But like, because it was so dark quick, life. it was like, yeah, set up punchline, set up punchline. But now that it's like a story that leads up and it doesn't always have to be funny. Like, I think in the beginning, people like feared that silence, like silence could mean that you're bombing or you're not doing well when it's like, oh, no, they're listening. And that took me a while to learn because like when you're first doing stand up, you don't really know what to expect. And I remember like being surprised because I not that they'd be laughing the whole time, but I almost forgot what a show is like because I was like, oh, they're just li they're not laughing because they're listening um, that. I mean, it's, if they weren't laughing the whole time, I would that'd be a problem. But <laughs> yeah, they were just listening the whole time. Puzzled. Yeah, I like the transition now or the evolution of it to now people are telling like more it's more personalized it's like relatable stuff but i think you sent me your last thing and you talked about real life shit you would think it'll be the opposite now people because we have such short attention spans you think we would be going rodney style with quick quick just get as many jokes as you can and then you would have thought the old days would have been long stories right now it's the opposite even with like podcasts like you'll sit and just watch one that could go on for like an hour sometimes two hours three hours i mean there's some long ones on youtube because with the sketches I was already doing that, putting my feelings and stuff into the sketches. But I hadn't really do, done that for stand-up. Stand-up, I was always like, I'm going to talk about you. You guys. <laughs> you bastards are ruining everything. And then I had to go, no, I, uh, I have to go in here now. So I, I think it's been a good, not even just for comedy, but just as a person, as a human being. 
just to look in yourself and get better. And, but I like it. Prior really helped me with that because I, I wasn't really into Richard Pryor until all that shit started happening to me. <laughs> and I was like watching him. I was like, Damn, he's so free out there. Like, that's just, I want to be that. That free. must be like a, a very like liberating experience. Cause I used to do that too. But when I think of, and it's so weird to think about, um, that it's probably like 10 years ago, but that's what I did too. It was like, I'm going to talk about things in the news. I'm going to talk about like how other people piss me off. I'm going to talk about like how the world is jacked up. And I was like, you know, I'm jacked up. Like, <laughs> and there's a lot you can, like, I think it is weird when like the bad, nothing's good or bad, but like when a negative experience can transform into comedy, like one, it's healing. And I think that's how everyone can find healing is through humor because it's like breaking the tension, which is part of what stand up is, is basically it's your job to make the audience tense. You put them on edge, you lead them to the edge, and then they're not sure what to expect. And then they laugh and relax. So you have that experience of that and you're almost doing that with yourself where you're taking these experiences in your life that either were dark or hard or stressful or sometimes even traumatic and you're like, I could twist this around because it's fucking funny. I mean, some people are starting to go that way because you don't want to be uncomfortable or offensive or whatever. I think people have to sit through that initial discomfort to realize like, Oh, I like if I want to talk about my depression, if I want to talk about my sobriety, I think everyone knows someone, even if maybe not personally, everyone knows someone. Yes, exactly. Either family members or friends or. Yeah. Like to me, I think some of the funniest stories came out of my recovery. With with friends seeing me or from like who don't know that side, you know, so like everything's normal. And then you go up on stage and talk about they're like, wait, I had no idea you were going through that. So it had first I had to admit that I'm going through this to even get to that point. of Yeah. And not even just like admitting it to yourself, but you have to be in a place of acceptance. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on. This has been so awesome. Thanks for having me. Um, follow us on Instagram at you up the pod. You can find us on Twitter at you up podcast and subscribe on Apple iTunes. Leave us five stars and give us a rating. Um, we'll catch you next week. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>